Today's scriptures are from Luke chapter 6, verses 39 through 49 from the New Revised Standard Version. He, that is Jesus, also told them a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take out the speck in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good, and the evil person out of evil treasure produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood arose, the river burst against that house, but could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, Immediately it fell, and great was the ruin of that house. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Thank you for reading that, Leah. Tomorrow evening, if, uh, if the snow doesn't throw everything off, um, Julie and Matthew and Elizabeth and I are planning on driving into the city to, um, to a church where we're going to hear uh, a Lutheran pastor whose name is Nadia Boltz-Weber. Have any of you heard of Nadia Boltz-Weber? She is um, one of the great public theologians of our time. Um, and she, I was listening to a podcast of her recently, and she said, the problem with the church is that it's just so full of people. (laughs) God is not the problem, she says. It's the people in the church. Yeah, right, right. All churches in every age are imperfect and filled with challenges and struggles as to what it is to be faithful. We in this congregation have discerned a prayer that we pray often, I hope we continue to pray it every day, which is make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. Now that is calling for a unity in Christ, but not uniformity. Let me just let that sit for a while in the air because it's really important for us in moving forward God does not call us to uniformity, where everybody thinks the same way, believes the same way, acts the same way, with the same spiritual gifts. God 
delights in unity, where different spiritual gifts are used by the body of Christ to build up the body of Christ and transform the world. Unity means we can disagree with one another, but still love one another and love Christ and serve as disciples of Christ. Do you see the difference between unity and uniformity? Jesus seems to delight in unity. And in hoping to help us discover that unity, Jesus says to those who want to follow him, don't spend too much time trying to judge and evaluate one another. It's really not that important. In fact, he says, why, why do you insist on trying to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye when you refuse to see that you have a log sticking out of your own eye? Powerful metaphor, isn't it? He said, don't worry about the speck in your brother or sister's eye. Worry about the log in your own eye. Take that out so that you can see clearly. What that really is pointing to is that Jesus knew that all followers of him would be somewhat blind. We'd all have blind spots, each of us. No matter how good and faithful and loving we are, we all have blind spots. We all have a log in our eye that is making it difficult to see clearly. And so if we take this call of Jesus seriously, that really means that we're going to be humbled. We need to have a stance of humility that says, yes, I believe that, but that doesn't necessarily mean I know everything. Yes, I have firmly held beliefs, but... There are other Christians who have different beliefs. And that kind of humility may help us hold things in tension and live into a unity without the pressure of being uniform, the same. How many of you watched the General Conference online at all this week? Yeah. So if you saw any of the debate on the floor of the general conference, the global church gathers rarely, and this time we only had three days to, to vote on very important issues, and we didn't know each other, and we didn't really understand each other, and it seemed like we were blind to each other, not able to see one another, and one another's dignity and sacred worth, and... We were blind to each other's contexts for ministry. We heard delegates from Africa and Russia say that if the church votes to be inclusive of the LGBTQ community, it will really hurt our witness in Africa and Russia. And the American church, which uh, 65 to 75% of the American United Methodists believe in a fully inclusive church that welcomes all people, specifically the LGBTQ community. But the Americans couldn't really understand the context of what Africans go through or what Russians go through. Likewise, the global church had trouble understanding the American Methodists who said, if we don't include LGBTQ 
Folks, we will hinder our witness. We will not be able to have any authenticity or any credibility because people in our culture will say, oh, those Christians, they're, they're just hypocrites. And they were bl- the, the global church, for the most part, was somewhat blind to our context of ministry, which wants to open the doors to all people. And this blindness was just at almost every debate. I wish we had evaluated each other and ministries by the fruits. Jesus said in this scripture, a good tree doesn't bear bad fruit. A bad tree doesn't bear good fruit. The early church understood that God was at work through the Holy Spirit wherever the fruits of the Spirit were growing. The fruits of the Spirit in Scripture are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wherever those fruits are being experienced, God is there. And I sense that there was also a blindness among some of the delegates that either have never met a gay person or have and that gay person doesn't feel safe around them. But one of the tenets of United Methodism is that we balance scripture with experience and reason and tradition. I don't know about you, but my experience is that I have very clearly seen the fruits of the Spirit growing in and through gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual people. I've seen them follow Jesus in a way that exudes love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. On your way to church today, did you drive by our front yard? Did you see what's lying in our front yard? It is an enormous chestnut tree that has fallen into the front yard. It fell on Tuesday. It fell on Tuesday during general conference when our our denomination was making this enormous decision that's going to affect the whole world for better or for worse. And there was a great wind blowing. Did you, hear, did you hear the wind on Tuesday? Monday night into Tuesday. It was fierce. It was 60, 70 mile an hour winds. Do you know that the word in Hebrew for wind is the same word for spirit? Ruach. The breath of God, the wind of God, the spirit of God. Ruach. Oh, the Ruach was blowing something fierce on Tuesday. Now the tree that fell could have fallen in any number of 360 degrees. But it fell precisely into our church sign and destroyed it. It went right through the uprights. I'm not kidding. Look out there. There are two stands that hold the sign. They've been holding the sign up there for about 10 years. The sign that says Chatham United Methodist Church, our worship times. It fell right between the uprights and smashed that sign. Now that is a metaphor for something. 
I'm still trying to figure that out. But maybe it's God's way of saying, time to put a new sign out there for this community because you need to communicate something. You need to communicate love because right now, people don't think the United Methodist Church loves all people. Or maybe the metaphor was the tree itself. The tree... When it fell, the root system stayed in the ground and it almost snapped at the base and fell. There were no uprooted roots sticking up in the air. It was completely disconnected from the root system. There's a metaphor there, friends. When we are disconnected from our roots, we cannot stand. Let me share just briefly some of the root system of the United Methodist Church. When at its best, helps the church stand. Wesley had three simple rules. Do good. Do no harm. Stay in the flow of love with God. Do good. Do no harm. Stay in the flow of love with God. When we are disconnected from that root system, the denomination will collapse of its own weight. One of the hallmarks of Wesleyan theology is something called prevenient grace. The grace of God, the love of God for all people and all of creation, whether they believe in Jesus or not, prevenient grace is our tenet, our our, our foundational theology as Methodists. That God loves all people. Full stop. No question. All people. That's why we baptize infants in our tradition. What the General Conference decided which will probably be overturned because it's not constitutional, but what is decided as of now puts prevenient grace in question. It puts in question God's love for all people, full stop. And that may be a way of disconnecting us from our rootedness, and we may be experiencing some kind of collapse because we are not staying rooted. And if the denomination collapses or disintegrates or splits, I don't know what will happen. We are a people of death and resurrection, and God will do something new. Martin Luther was once asked, if you knew the world was going to end tomorrow, what would you do? He said, I'd plant a tree. Maybe it's time for us to plant some new trees that will bear good fruits. In fact, even the fruit of the Spirit. Some of you are asking, how will this affect us in Chatham United Methodist Church? I can unequivocally say, I don't know. But we're going to have some conversation in Rada Hall after this service. I hope you'll come down for some coffee and something to eat 
and some conversation about what was decided at General Conference and how that may be impacting us. But I am more and more convinced that this is an opportunity for us to stand on what is best in the Methodist tradition. We have put out some statements. The church council voted on a statement of welcome before the general conference. We put that out on social media. And it has been profound to watch how people have responded to that statement of welcome. Not just our congregation, not just Methodists, but people outside of the church, people from various faith traditions or no faith traditions saying, thanks for putting that out there. That's the kind of church, if there was a church in my neighborhood, I would go to that kind of church. People have responded to our social media from the Chatham United Methodist Church from around the world. There are some posts that we've placed this week that have gone viral. They've been shared over 100 times. They've reached 14 or 15,000 people. People are responding. Now, if you're looking for a sign of whether we are headed in the right direction with the kind of radical welcome that the Spirit of God has led this congregation to, even if you're not on social media, go online, look up the Chatham United Methodist Church Facebook page, and just see, read the comments. Just read them. And you'll see how possibly the Spirit is affirming this congregation's decision to move forward in a gracious, welcoming, inclusive, Christ-like way. The um, season of Lent is soon upon us. It begins with the final prayers that we pray on Shrove Tuesday after we get our fill of pancakes, after we have our pancake races. And if you've never been to pancake races, I highly recommend that you come this Tuesday, 5.30. We'll have the pancake races in, in Rada Hall. And then I'm going to invite us to write something on palms, the palms from last year's Palm Sunday, I'm going to invite you to write things. You can think about this. Names you've been called that are not really who you are. Have you ever been called a name? Maybe when you were a child? And you can still remember that. It's a wound that still hangs on to you. We're going to write those names on the palms. Nobody's going to see it but you and God. And then we're going to take those palms outside and burn them as a way of letting go of that false identity. And hearing that we're the beloved of God, we'll probably sing that song again on Tuesday. And then we'll say a prayer, and that will be the official beginning of the season of Lent. We'll come back on Wednesday for Ash Wednesday and put those ashes that we create on our foreheads and remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. Repent and believe in the gospel. We're entering a season of repentance and there are tens of thousands of United Methodists that are beginning to sign on to a public statement of repentance because we have hurt 
people. We have gone against our best inclination and done harm to people. What we decided at General Conference was what the majority, 53%, decided was that uniformity is really more important than unity. That everybody should believe the same thing on sexuality, on interpretation of scripture, on tradition, on reason, experience. And we don't all agree on that. It is possible for unity, but uniformity, I think it's quite obvious that's not possible at this season of our lives if it's ever even desired. God seems to like diversity. And so I want us to just sing this song that we sang at the beginning of our service that may help us find some peace in the midst of the turmoil that is now the landscape that we walk through. If you know this, sing it with me. If you don't know this, sing it with me. Jesus, help us live in peace. From our blindness set us free. Fill us with your healing love. Help us live in unity. Let's sing it again. Jesus, help us live in peace. From our blindness set us free. with your healing love. Help us live in unity. And the people of God said, Amen.